Hey, I'm Tyler. And I'm Katie. You're listening to Nostalgia. You know that feeling when you're like 32 years old, you're feeling secure, you just paid your mortgage, your favorite plant is in a shaft of sunlight coming into your bedroom, you're caught up on your grocery shopping, you got laundry in the washer, you're feeling kind of at peace, but you know that that good feeling doesn't even scratch the surface of like cracking open a Dunkaroo at age 10. <laughs> That's nothing, this podcast. Nothing you can do will ever uh, compare. You'll be chasing that dragon for the rest of your I life, know. Kate. And that's why this podcast exists. Kate, here's the opposite for you of that feeling. These three men on, once again, uh, Katie's choice board. This is like the choice board from hell. Pee-wee. Weird Al. Jim Carrey. All right. Well, Weird Al's out. We already watched, we watched it. watched UHF. Oh, so anybody just tuning into this episode because of the title, which we don't know what the title's going to be yet, Ooh. but you do because you picked it and are listening. Our UHF episode a couple weeks ago, I gave Katie choices between these three men and she picked Weird Al begrudgingly. So, Kate, Pee Wee or Jim Carrey? I'll always pick Pee Wee over Jim Carrey. You always pick a registered sex offender over... An anti-vaxxer? Yeah. Yeah. Did he apologize for that? I think he... I mean, I'll they're divorced. Him and Jenny McCarthy are divorced. Um, not to say that she's the mastermind. He's definitely guilty. Let's see. Well, Kate, that means we are going to watch. Have you seen this movie? Um, I have. It was many years ago Can when you, s- oh, God. you could have me watch anything, and I would say, all right, I'll watch it, because I was compliant. compliant. I was uh, trying to be pleasant. This is when we were courting, so you were much more likely to agree to watch a movie that I, only I like. Can yep. you sum up the plot for us? Um, Pee-wee's bike gets stolen, and he has to get to the Alamo. Yeah. You still have to watch it. Sorry. (laughs) Kate, no pressure. This is one of my all-time favorite movies, and it always will be. And I've seen it recently enough to know that it still will be, and it's not going to have aged poorly. I'm really putting a lot on the line here. This movie, Kate, was co-written by Paul Rubens, Michael Varhol, Varhol, V-A-R-H-O-L, and the late great Phil, Phil Hartman. Oh, he died, yeah. Didn't his wife kill him? Yes. Wow, that's really a bummer. It's directed by Tim Burton. And of mm-hmm. course, it stars Paul Rubens in character as Pee Wee Herman. This movie was released, premiered in theaters on August 19th, 1985. We already talked about Pee Wee's Pulse Story on Pee Wee's Playhouse. We did an episode about Pee Wee's Playhouse. We talked about it We then. sure did. And we did. Yeah. Long story short, just to remind you and all of our listeners, Paul Rubens was a member of the Groundlings comedy troupe. While there, he developed a character named Pee Wee Herman, a sort of man-child, loosely inspired by the hosts of 1950s kid shows of his youth. We've seen Howdy Doody, where Buffalo Bob is one of those type of inspirations. I wish there was um, advertisements for Colgate Dental Cream, though, on Pee Wee. Um, we haven't seen Soupy Sales, but like all of that same stuff. The stuff he grew up on, uh, but this just very strange, stunted man-child. The character is a breakout success, so he was able to spin it out of the Groundlings. Like The way the Groundlings works is you take these improv classes, you do these performances, and then eventually they perform. there's like a Groundlings show the public can go see every week, mm-hmm. and you want to work your way up to being in that show. So Got his Pee Wee skits are in there, and they're so popular, he's able to create his own full stage show that's not part of the Groundlings weekly show. Mm-hmm. Like, folks are just going to come to watch it for yeah, him. because it was this huge, wild L.A. thing. If you lived out in L.A. in the early 80s, you're like, oh, have you heard about this? Let's go. If you're like 
into comedy and improv and stuff. This was called The Pee Wee Herman Show. It was running in LA in 1981. That year, HBO filmed the production of it and aired it, and that gave him national exposure as a character. He starts going on like David Letterman as Pee Wee Herman. It's like a thing. Pee Wee is this just weird underground comedy thing gaining national attention. The folks at Warner Brothers Studios saw the HBO special. They hired Rubens to, to write a Pee Wee movie, a feature film with the character. Got it. Now Tim Burton, who we talked about at length in our Beetlejuice episode. We sure did. And our Nightmare Before Christmas episode. So we've covered his story, his weird, him feeling like an outcast in California as a little guy, like a little goth, uh, edgy kid. Yeah. Tim Burton, of course, was an animator at Disney. He came up through CalArts, right, which was created by Walt Disney as like a place to farm talent for mm -hmm. the Disney studios. Was it kind of like when they, you know how like the Chinese gymnastics team like takes children? And they train them for hours a day and they're like three years old. It's kind of like that, but they're college age. How can we be sure? But at CalArts and at Disney, Tim Burton's work was like kind of dark and twisted. Mm -hmm. um, and he had like his own really specific Tim Burton-esque vision, which we're all familiar with now. But imagine before he's famous, he's just at the Disney like training program, like drawing his weird dark stuff. He's you know? like, you know, they're all they're all getting together to present their work. <laughs> You've got like somebody making Toy Story. Mm -hmm. You got somebody working on like I don't know what what else is just over like there. Cute, you know, just like cute yeah, Disney like characters, cute little Disney characters, and then Tim Burton's like, you want to see this? <laughs> It was like his, his student film was about like an evil celery monster. Yeah, you know? he's, Just got, like really... he's got like a trifold board. He's like, guys, it's going to blow your mind. Yeah. And everyone at Disney is like, oh, I don't like it. He's very talented, though, yeah. so he gets hired, like, yeah. oh, like you do out of yeah. CalArts. He's... But he was always clashing with the bosses, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he's working on The Fox and the Hound, but he's yeah. Tim Burton, you know. Yeah. Um, he's making, making some weird stuff. But Disney, like, recognized that he had such a, like, a unique talent. Yeah, it was this like, weird relationship. Yeah. They were, like, begrudgingly were like, all right. Mm -hmm. So they let him, they gave him money in 1982 to make a stop-motion short called Vincent, Vincent, which is kind of, you know, now, in reverse, reminiscent of the Nightmare Before Christmas style. You know, it's mm -hmm. got that stop-motion style, but pre-Nightmare Before Christmas. In 1984, they gave him money to make a live-action short called Frankenweenie, which is like Frankenstein, <laughs> but with a, um, a dachshund. Sure. You know? And basically, that's the moment where he proved that his weird vision and style could translate to live-action. That's him crossing over from traditional 2D animation, stop-motion animation, now into live-action. Got with it. that 1984 short, Paul Rubens saw these shorts somehow and asked Warner Brothers, hey, can we hire that guy to direct that Pee-wee movie? Movie that you've mm -hmm. hired me to make and it was good timing because even though Disney had let him make those movies he was still feuding with them and he was like ready to go so when Warner Brothers gives him that offer he's like great I'm leaving Disney I'm coming to Warner Brothers I'm gonna make my first feature-length movie mm -hmm. Pee Wee's making his first feature-length movie they gel really well Paul Rubens and Tim Burton separately were fans of the band Oingo Boingo right which is this cool 80s band yeah uh, led by frontman Danny Elfman so they both are like oh they bonded over their love of Oingo Boingo so they agree let's hire the lead from Oingo Boingo to score our movie this is the first movie that Danny Elfman has ever scored. So it's Tim Burton's first movie, Dan, Danny Elfman's first movie, Paul Rubin's mm -hmm. first movie. And of course, this led to a career-long collaboration between Burton and Elfman. They like still work together, I think. Yeah. They've got some catchy songs, but then they've got that song, Little Girls, and you're like... Oh, Wingo Boingo? I gotta go. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. It's also kind of catchy, though. It's annoying. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, once it gets made here, is very well-received. It made Pee-wee even more nationally famous, uh, mm -hmm. leading to him being able to make shortly after his iconic TV show, Pee-wee's Playhouse, 
As a kid, since I love Pee Wee so much, I always used to pedantically argue with people, even adults, who don't care. Of course, no one cares as, as much as, a, you know, a weird kid like me might about the mm -hmm. order of these things. But I would always get into arguments with my friend's parents about what came first, Pee Wee's Big Adventure or Pee Wee's Playhouse. And it's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's not Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, but it, it would always be like a, a sticking point where I'd be like, actually. And they would be like, I don't know. And I'd have to like prove it, you know. I can't believe your friend's parents just let you come over. <laughs> I would have been like, no, don't let that weird in our house. He's talking about Pee-wee too much. While Pee-wee's Playhouse was airing, he got to make another movie, but Burton did not come on board. He was busy making, you know, Beetlejuice and Batman. Sure, as his, he would be. His career cat, like, became huge. Uh, so Pee-wee's next movie in 1988 is called Big Top Pee-wee. Did you ever see that? Mm, I don't know if it made you watch that. I don't know. It's not anywhere near as good. I don't like it as much. It's It's a shame. It's what prevents Pee-wee. I mean, there's another big thing that there, prevents there him is from, another big thing. from having a long uh, and good career just, in, throughout the 90s and 2000s. There's but another big one. Big Top Pee-wee certainly didn't help. Uh, it's just, it's. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it on this, this show someday, but... I'm just, I'm just checking in here. We're blaming Big Top Pee-wee for the fact that Paul Rubens... Went is, away for a while. Went away. Went to career jail for a went while. Went to a went to a farm. <laughs> He's resting. Mm -hmm. um, also, things I would argue with adults with. It's not called Pee Wee's Big Top. It's called Big Top Pee Wee. I just can't believe people let you in their home. Of I'm course, just saying. after the debacle of Big Top Pee Wee torpedoing Paul Rubin's career and nothing else in, uh, uh, damaging his reputation, he returns finally after a long uh, pause there in 2010. Just triumphantly. With a revival returns. of his stage show, that old stage show that made him famous. We saw this revival. You and I, in 2010, on Broadway. This was the first time we went and saw, like, we traveled to go see theater together. Would you call this theater? Um, it was in a theater. It was in a theater. <laughs> Would you say we saw a theater together? Yes. Theater? I, yes. What did you think of this show? I'm sure I asked you this on the Pee Wee's Playhouse episode, but that was like two years ago. It was a little bit overwhelming. Um, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. There was a lot going on. Um, everyone was screaming. Screaming. The audience was encouraged to yeah, scream. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was screaming. And I was kind of like, oh. Okay. You're like, wow, I'm going to go on a date with my man. We're going to the also, big city. I, here's what I remember about that day. I remember <laughs> seeing Big Top Pee Wee. I no, remember no, being, no, no. You did not see Big Top no, Pee Wee. No, I remember seeing uh, the Pee Wee stage show. I remember being absolutely freezing. It was. Because it was like one of those days where the temperature was like three degrees. It was either December or January. Yeah. yeah. It was really, really quite cold. But that's really all I remember. Oh, and I remember that you had like printed out MapQuest style directions from Penn Station. Did we take the train? Yeah, because we took the train okay. um, from Penn Station to get to I did not have, neither the, of us the had theater. A, did we have smartphones? I don't think then? we had smartphones. In 2010? Yeah. yeah, we were late adopters. It was probably January 2011, to be honest. But, yeah, um, I didn't have a smartphone until I was in graduate school. <laughs> We were late adopters. Like, okay, great answer. Well, here's a question. When, anytime we go somewhere uh -huh. um, that directions are important on mm -hmm. foot, I often go the wrong way. Yes. Even with my phone. Absolutely. Do you remember if we went the wrong way? I think we did everything right. I think we might have. I think MapQuest, I might need to go back to it. They filmed and released that Broadway show as well. But then in 2016, finally, Pee-wee got to make another movie. Again, no Tim Burton. I wonder if he tried. I don't know. But this movie's called Pee-wee's Big Holiday. It was fine. You saw that too, right? Yeah, he went on a holiday. Any, any memory of it? Joe Manganiello was in it. Remember this? Uh, yeah, they were jousting on pinatas. Yeah, yeah, all right. That's all I remember. It's it's okay. It's fun. Um, it's it's got legs. It's just that thing where like you can't go back in time, and they like no. de-aged him a little. It's really bizarre, but it's not enough. So okay, back to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. The reason we're here. That's the flash forward it in Pee Wee's career. Sure is. I take a look at how I wrote these notes. I love, love, love this movie, Kate. I cannot tell you how much I love this. This is I one know. of the most precious things that we're gonna watch on this podcast. I'm 
really thankful that you're taking a moment to be vulnerable. This movie just is just a comfort for me, like a goofy movie before it. It's more yeah. just up. It's in the top pantheon of movies, and unfortunately, because of some of Paul Rubin's behaviors, which you know, I know he was in a theater where that kind of thing you, is not unexpected. So sometimes I like to defend him a little bit about that, but. Were you doing that to your friend's parents? No, no, okay. no, 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 Just no, no, no. I was not, I was not. Um, but even that said, his reputation is so tarnished, and maybe it's been rehabbed enough now that mm. he's made another movie. I often don't tell people this is maybe my favorite movie. You know, mm. it's definitely up there, but I, I, I often don't. When people ask me my favorite movie, when that comes up in conversation, I usually uh, bite my tongue about this because I don't want to even get into the conversations about Pee Wee. Sure. But I'm I, sorry that you have been so oppressed in this way. <laughs> I love this movie, though. I love it. It might be my number one movie. Um, I've loved it since childhood. I watch it every few years. I still love it. I'm hoping you feel the same way. We'll find out. And don't hold back. We will find I don't out. need to tell you, of all people, not to That's hold back. That's true. You never do on this show. But I'm just really curious to see if you vibe with this movie and find it funny the way that I do. Ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yeah, I actually am. I know you are, but what am I? Hey, you want to fight? I wouldn't sell my bike for all the money in the world. Not for a hundred billion million trillion dollars. Then you're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. No, I'm not. You are. No way. Knock it off. Cut it out. out! Oh, shut up. Oh, shut up, up. Pee Wee. Why don't you make me? Because I don't make monkeys. I just trade them. Oh, Pee Wee, listen to reason. Oh, come on! I'm listening to reason. Pee Wee! That's my name. Don't wear it out. Remember the first time I saw your bike? You were riding past my house and I came running out to tell you how much I liked it even way back then? I love that story. Real quick before we yeah. start, Kate, I forgot this uh, until grabbing the DVD and noticing the art. Can you describe the poster real quick? It's Pee-wee doing kind of like a heel-clicking jump. He has his bike, and it just says the story of a rebel and his bike. Can you talk about the bike's, um, I don't even know what you would call that thing in the middle of the handlebars. Can you describe it? I don't know. I'm going to call it a framus. And the bike's framus is white and solid. No, no, I'm sorry. In between the oh. handlebars, above the handlebars. Oh, uh, that's also a framus. And <laughs> that thing, it has a tiger head on it. it is, it's a tiger, right? Yeah. Okay. This has been bothering me for years, on and off. In the movie, it's a lion. Interesting. And on the poster, it's a tiger. And I, I think we need to break format and do an investigative podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say. figure out a much better podcast. I I suddenly became intrigued. Yes. I think we need like a little investigative journalism Nobody, here. I've looked, maybe I'm not searching right, but like, mm. look, not to toot my own horn, I'm oh. a pretty good Googler. I know about Boolean operators. You know, I know what words they don't, they ignore. You don't need to read the, it ignores the, at least it used to. If you ever refer to yourself as a good Googler again, I'm going <sighs> to leave you. Okay. Don't talk about Booleans yeah, either. So, um, so like... There are good podcasts out there to um, to differentiate them from yeah. us. A uh, great podcast. Yeah. Um, there are good podcasts out there like Under Understood where mm -hmm. they just answer questions like this. Yeah. And I've always been meaning to contact them. However, maybe we, because we are also technically podcasters, yeah. can figure this out. I think, like, um, what where, what's that happened? quote about you got to do it? 
Um, Thank uh, you for that motivational quote. I think we have a post. No, there's gotta, like a, you gotta do it. Um, <laughs> huh. Yes, I think. Uh, How did it happen? Like, because obviously they do a poster yeah, shoot. Yeah, we're gonna be like you know? Gimlet, but without the racism. Whoops. Whoa. Um, an anti-union right. sentiment. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about the anti-union sentiment. Similarly, and uh, then I promise I'll stop talking and let you watch this movie that you don't even really want to watch. This is a pro-union podcast. The Clerks poster. We're gonna eventually spoiler. We're gonna have to watch the Cl- Kevin Smith uh, View Askew movies at some point because they're also really important to me as a young lad too young probably to be watching them the poster for clerks is bizarre the outfits are all different kevin smith is on the poster but jason muse isn't it's really really weird so anyway let's watch this peewee uh lion tiger debacle reminds me of that i mean danny elfman's music is very distinctive there's always a couple tubas that are set in the tempo they're like bomb 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 is it good? Do you like it? I, I really do like it. There's also the distinctive Danny Elfman French horn rip that's like, which is really nice. Man, R.I.P. Phil Hartman. I actually had no idea that he was involved. He's in Pee Wee's Playhouse as Captain Carl. Mm-hmm. They were groundlings together. It just makes me sad to think that mm-hmm. he was killed. Pee Wee auditioned for SNL and didn't get it, but he hosted it one, mm-hmm. one time back in the day. I heard a chuckle there. I know. You're so laughing right away. They're doing the Tour de France, <laughs> which is very clearly taking place in Southern California. Or actually, it's very clearly taking place in like Sonoma, California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's just wine country. <laughs> and they've set up a few French flags. Like that's it. Minimal effort. Hey, but everyone is cycling as fast as they possibly can. Um, professional cyclists, like from Italy and, and Denmark and Belgium and France. And then Pee Wee has left them all. <laughs> just comes zooming by dressed as Pee-wee. No yeah. helmet, no gear. So I've never really understood this. Is Pee-wee supposed to be a man or is he supposed to be a child? Well, here's a clue. This is his home in a world where, where it's not Pee-wee's playhouse. It's just like a wild house. There's Howdy Doody. But is he supposed to be a man or is he a child? Well, he lives alone in this house. They don't really answer that. In the newest movie, he has a job, right? He's like at a soda fountain, but he doesn't appear to work. You know what? I want Pee-wee's life. Yeah, he lives in this- He doesn't work. He lives by himself. He lives in this house, that, which is what our house would probably look like if I was like a weird bachelor. No one bothers him. He just plays with toys as he wakes up. But it's like, look at his Mr. Potato Head. It's like a 1960s Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. He's got a fireman's pole. Oh, I used to love this as a kid. Look, he goes down the pole and then his dress- Fully dressed. Changes from PJs to his suit. What do you think of his little dog, Speck? Oh, I really do like Speck. I guess it's supposed to be like Spot, but it kind of reminds me of like ham. Ham? Speck is a type of ham. Oh. This is something I remember about this movie, that his whole house is like a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> his breakfast right? apparatus, yeah. yeah. With the best song in the movie. I'm not going to lie. It seems out of character for me, but I do kind of like a Rube Goldberg machine. Hmm. You know? Yeah, but weren't it you seems... in Odyssey of the Mind as a child? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like much more in character for you. Yeah, to like this kind I, of stuff. this is kind of how your brain works, I think. <laughs> like, if we were to take an x-ray of your brain, we would just see a Rube Goldberg device. I always love that little, like, garden... Uh, thing, that little like cherub that dumps pancake batter into the pan. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's your thought process. <laughs> like, look, there's a fish tank outside his window. You know, though, I don't know if this was intentional, but showing you this movie when we were newly dating, this movie, I think, is like a test for me yeah. of people's like interest and sense of humor. Because mm-hmm. if you can make it past this opening where Pee Wee is in the bathroom brushing his teeth with a giant Huge toothbrush, toothbrush yeah. putting scotch tape all on his face, if you can get through that without being like, this is stupid, I'm not yeah. watching this, then I know that yeah, actually, we have something in common. Yeah. 
I actually do love this little pup. Becca's really cute. Yeah. Like, truthfully, there's nothing that makes me, like, laugh and smile more humor-wise in movies than this. And I've never seen anything else like it. It's just so bizarre. Like, why is he putting tape on his face in the bathroom? What do you think Paul Rubens is like in real life? Um, do you think he's, like, nice? I've seen him give interviews. He's pretty laid back. Yeah. I feel like in order to <laughs> create this character, like, you almost have to be laid back. You know mm. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he got on the scale. He weighs 98 pounds. You know what's interesting is that Pee Wee has barely spoken a single word in this opening. Yeah, he said hi to Speck. That's it. You're right. Now he's talking to his breakfast. Paul Rubens looks pretty youthful here. He's what? Like in his... Uh, probably. He might be 30s. Maybe 30. Okay. So he... He's young. He's in his 30s here, but we've seen the movie from 2016. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he has binder clips he holding does. his oh, he does. skin back. No, no, that's true. You know? really, not binder clips, but they do. They tape his neck skin back. Yeah. He's admitted that. And they then they youth his face it's, up with the Yeah, computer. and it's hard to be a man-child when you're in your yes. 60s. You know? It's silly here, but right. It's a little harder to watch. Okay, Paul Rubens was born in 1952. So he would be 30, you're right, 32, 33 here. He's our age. Help. Wow, this is what he was doing. All right, I don't feel so bad about yeah. my immaturity. Look at his so lawn. Pee Wee has his own home. Like, yeah, he's in a home theory, owner. he's he's a a man. Yeah, uh, he's an adult. Uh huh. I don't know how he owns his home. You know what I've never considered before? Here's my new theory. Maybe it's like a gray garden situation. Maybe he's inherited some wealth. He's never had to work, mm-hmm. and this is just how he lives. I really like the read of Pee Wee as Grey Gardens. <laughs> I love his neighbor. Okay, so his old Mr. Neighbor, what's his name? Mr. Mr. Crabtree. Crab He's like, hi, Pee Wee. And is just happily smiling while Pee Wee's crazy sprinkler is watering the man's house. No one seems bothered by him, you know? Like, his neighbors seem to like him. Yeah, you know what? I think the read of Pee Wee as a rich eccentric <laughs> is, uh, is spot on. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Which is interesting because his rival is a spoiled rich kid in this movie. Don't overthink it, though. I don't want to get into the woods here of analyzing Pee-wee. Yeah, you're not supposed to analyze. the. It's like, I don't know if the term magical realism really applies here, but it's like magical, his existence, you know? Come on, doesn't this give you chills, the bike? No. I want this bike. If I was a rich eccentric, I would have bought a replica of this bike. I'm sure it's not as expensive as I'm imagining, but... No. It's the fact Um, that you would have just a bike for fun. That's what I can't get into. Sure. I need a practical bike. Here's an interesting thing. Not really. Pee-wee's eyes are just constantly red. What's going on with him? He's just so joyful, Kate. It's infectious. Kate, you're going to love the message of this movie. It's about this rich kid, Francis, who just truly thinks money can buy anything. And because he's wealthy and privileged, Mm -hmm. he can have anything he wants. Even Pee-wee's beloved bike. He's coming after that oppressed class. Man-children. White man-children. It's amazing that two of these man-children live in the same town. What's in the water? (laughs) Classic, I know you are, but what am I exchange? I kind of do like Pee-wee's energy where he's like, I love that story, and then just rides away. (laughs) It's like uber condescending. Yeah, I truly, and again, at risk of trying to overanalyze this, I love Pee-wee's just constant joyfulness. He finds joy in the smallest things, but he's also a complete asshole sometimes. Like, so mean. Find you a man who can do both. Oh, we got Danny Elfman. Uh Uh-oh. Here it comes. That's what this movie is. It's the combination of Tim Burton's weird style filmography, Mm -hmm. Danny Elfman's just unbelievable music, better than it should be in this movie, and Pee-wee just being Pee-wee. You couldn't ask for a better combo. He is very happy to just be. Right? Look at him. You know? Look, He's just so thrilled. 
He just did his, like, miniature wheelie. <laughs> he saw some BMX kids, and he got, like, one inch off the ground, his front wheel. And he looked very proud of himself. Yeah. He also just every once in a while has this physical comedy where he'll, like, tumble off his bike in a way that should kill him. <laughs> Actually, it's very funny. You know what it off. is, too, that is kind of jarring, right? Like, Pee-wee's house is decorated like the 60s. <laughs> He's wearing a little suit, like mm-hmm. what a little boy may have worn out mm-hmm. in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. But everyone else is just living in the 80s. Yes. Like, it's very confusing. Yes. He's a man out of time, Kate. Here's where Tim Burton really starts to rear his ugly head. <laughs> this horrifying clown, animated yeah. clown statue that's just, what, advertising a store at this, yeah. like, little strip mall? All right, so Mario, the owner of the magic shop, gets really excited every time Pee-wee comes in, I imagine, because oh, he's Pee-wee gonna... <laughs> is single-handedly funding Mario's magic shop. Well, don't forget the amazing Larry. Don't you see where I get my personality from? I actually do, and it disturbs me. I feel like it's so funny because... Tim Burton has like these two modes. You know, oh, so for okay, hold on. Pee Wee has just gone into the bike shop, and there's a gang of youths in there, all in matching BMX gear, and they're they're like, "Oh, Pee Wee, what's up?" You know what I mean? Like a group that maybe would beat Pee Wee up in right. an alternate universe. They love um, him. Oh, and Dottie. So Dottie, E.G. Daly, Tommy yeah. Pickles' voice. Yeah. Oh, she's adorable. She only talks like this. Ready for this voice? She's adorable though. She's so stinking cute. Oh yeah. Don't you own this outfit? Be silent. She's wearing, uh, what, denim overalls and, like, a paisley uh, button-up shirt. So I feel like Tim Burton has two modes, you know? And, like, get you a man who can do both. Um, what are He's the either got, like, this candy-colored, like, <laughs> Edward Scissor hands, pastel, neighborhood like pastel, like. or he's got... This. Why, ready? <laughs> that clown now has an evil face. <laughs> He's got like Nightmare Before Christmas, right. Vincent Frankenweenie energy. Right. Everything's like elongated and weird, <laughs> and black and white. Right. And like likes to take things that could be cute but makes them so grotesque. Yeah. They're evil. It's just the because this movie is such like a car live action cartoon. The the swings and the emotions and the music and the energy are just so good. The melodrama. It's just such a good trick that they get us to, like, care, kind of, about this man. Right? You can feel for him here, yeah? I I can, and I'm kind of mad about it. He's so upset about his bike. He's just so mortified. This is a a long scene, and it kind of chews the fat a little bit, but it's uh, it's okay. I'm not not mad. One shot of Pee-wee on a bench with, like, a bunch of bikes going by. I was jealous of Francis's bathtub as a child. (laughs) Look at this. The grotesque display of wealth. It's like it's like the Roy's from Succession live here. Just the way that Pee-wee like swan dives into the the bathtub is amazing. Is Pee-wee supposed to look a little bit like a ventriloquist dummy? He is like scorched earth, which I really like. <laughs> Pee-wee doesn't give a shit about your your life or your livelihood. I mean, look, if Francis hadn't stolen his bike, none of this would have happened. If you cross Pee-wee, it's over. Oh, look. So I never quite understood. Francis's gum creates like a black goo that comes out of your mouth. Mr. Buxton's does not. Is it like spicy, do you think? Maybe. He's just screaming. I I really like his hobo's bindle that he has. (laughs) I haven't smiled this much for so long since our wedding day. You are really ambiently smiling a lot. This is the only time that I'm okay with a white man taking the law into his own hands. Pee-wee going around the cops to find his bike. Have you considered that this movie has very goofy movie energy? Hmm. Or does the goofy movie have very pee-wee energy? I mean, they're road trip movies with absurd premises. Actually, the Goofy movie's much more grounded than this. I can accept the car falling off a cliff in this and parachuting down more than I can accept it in the actual cartoon, the Goofy movie. So now we have this weird little animated piece where Pee-wee's eyes are just looking around in the pitch dark. <laughs> so nice, huh? Oh, 
on this very night, ten years ago, along this same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck. It looked like this. <laughs> this is the part that gave every kid in the 80s nightmares. For some reason, when I saw it, obviously later, I wasn't born yet when this came out, but when I saw it, this did not really bother me. The insane claymation uh, transformation. Just for one second, too. Yes. <laughs> the tonal shifts in this movie are absolutely wild, but for some reason, not jarring. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's part of why it's so good, because they will take it deadly serious for a minute. I wonder if this ever was a real thing, this trope of uh, paying for your diner meal by washing dishes. This is giving me very Twin Peaks vibes right here. Yeah. Right? Pee-wee and Simone in the dinosaur mm -hmm. watching the sunrise. Yeah. Like they're talking about dreams. <laughs> Which feels very David Lynch. <laughs> There's weird music in the background. Yeah. Not like Twin Peaks. What's Twin Peaks music? What would that be right now? Just stopping the movie to insert Simone, this deeply developed character with dreams and goals, a rich inner life. Why is Pee-wee so wise right now? He's wise. It's interesting because you, you wouldn't think of Pee-wee as someone with the fortitude to be able to stow away on a train and live no. a hobo lifestyle. No. I really do love a dream ballet. Here's a claymation T-Rex eating Pee-wee's bike while live action Pee-wee looks on in horror in just some sort of nightmare dreamscape. Yeah. Like foggy black void. One thing I like so much about this is like the insane Tim Burton trademarks are spread out. Mm -hmm. It's It's used in bits throughout, yeah. so it's very effective. You know what is funny about Pee-wee? He has this weird energy that everyone just wants to care for him. Mm -hmm. The concept that Pee-wee could find someone whose energy he finds exhausting and overbearing is hilarious. <laughs> all right, so Pee-wee's just sat through this whole tour, learned about all the different uses of corn, and he has to see the basement at the Alamo and was just laughed at. And in the most kid thing to ever happen, he just runs away. <laughs> Wow, look at the emotional maturity Pee-wee's showing by apologizing to Dottie. Unprompted, he called her to apologize. I like that Pee-wee can speak to dogs. Communicate with Speck. It's like how sexually aggressive Dottie is. <laughs> she's like, we can settle it up at the drive-in. Uh, the idea that she's, she's like irresistible to some women is so great. So Pee-wee's now wearing like a cartoon cowboy outfit. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that tumbleweed blowing by at top speed was very funny to me. This lady definitely made me feel funny as a little boy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She's looking kind of like David Bowie in Labyrinth, you Fair. know? He probably also made you feel funny. I never saw it, but he would have, for sure. You're right over there? Oh, yeah, I'm not a little boy anymore. You well? Obviously, the tequila dance on the bar, classic, hilarious in its own right. Couple things to watch out for when he bumps his head by accident, mm -hmm. but they left it in. And just the idea that somehow, not only does this convince them not to kill him, but that he thought of this and thought it would convince them not to kill him. I think it's the, like, I don't know what school it is. It is, but it's the school of just like act crazy. <laughs> like if your life is on the line, there's nothing to lose. Just True. 
true. Act completely nuts. But does he think it's going to make him fit in with them? Like, they'll think he's, like, cool like a biker? I think it's just more of, like, a you got to just baffle them into not <laughs> killing you, you know? What do you think of his moves? Pretty good. That piece of debris that flips by, sometimes I, I would think that was his body <laughs> being completely rigid, but it's the it's definitely a piece of the billboard he drives mm-hmm. through. But it's funny to think about him just completely tumbling end over end as he crashes a motorcycle seconds after getting it. Uh-oh, another dream ballet. First of all, they look like juggalos. Is it because there is an evil clown when his bike got stolen? No. Like, why are the doctors in this nightmare clowns? This is just Beetlejuice. Yeah, oh, absolutely. This one shot, right? He's got a checkerboard floor, all crooked and uneven, black and white checkerboard, weird archways. I just love these little outfits that they're wearing. The little devils, Francis and his little devils. It is neat, though, to see that Tim Burton was able to execute his style with obviously such a low budget. You recognize this kid? Mm. Oh, what's his name? What is his name? You know what you know him from? No. That's Wayne, the older brother from The Wonder oh, Years. Oh, yeah. I see him. He's the uh, the little boy on the movie set with mm-hmm. the bike. Here we go. Warner Brothers Studios for the finale. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back has an ending a lot like this, too. This, like, cartoon version of a movie studio, too, oh, yeah. where there's just hundreds of actors in costume walking around. Is this what you thought it would be like <laughs> if you went to L.A.? Yeah. You use this quote in real life all the time. I've been ready since first call. So this movie must have made an impression on you. I just like a little angry child. I don't it's know what it is. Roll. That's me. It is true that this movie does have everything, right? It's got like a good police chase montage, you know? There he is again. Danny Elfman. The movies that they're filming are hilarious, too. Yeah. It's like teen beach movie. Right. What did we see? That whatever the movie with the bike, which is like yeah. a sappy a movie about an orphan like and his 40s, bike. Like 40s, yeah. Right. It's actually a nice character moment for Pee-wee. Mm-hmm. He's escaped successfully with his bike. He's lost probably his pursuers, yeah. but he does need to keep moving. Yeah. But he cannot. Yeah, but he's he's gotten everything that he wants, right? He's achieved his goal, but he notices like a pet shop on fire. <laughs> I am a little worried about the types of animals that are in this pet shop. <laughs> like he just freed a chimpanzee. <laughs> it was the 80s where you could buy a chimpanzee at a corner pet shop. So he's risking it all because he may get caught now for slowing down to single-handedly rescue every animal in this pet shop. I mean, as a kid, getting to see a scene where a chimp walks a little pink poodle on a leash is a perfect addition. I know, that was wish fulfillment for you. (laughs) Just the fact that he just can't bring himself to touch these snakes is hilarious. It's just like a little mini movie within the movie, Mm -hmm. this whole scene. I love it. It's funny because if you look at this movie, almost not even as a movie, but as like a series of sketches, it makes more sense. You know what I mean? What a hero to run screaming out with the snakes begrudgingly pass out immediately. This footage from the movie studio of Pee-wee running away with the bike and like crowing like Peter Pan is just fabulous. Do you think this is how Pee-wee imagines himself? As a action star, leading man. That he has a beard is a really interesting choice. Just look straight into the camera too. His acting as uh, the bad actor Pee-wee would be? I mean, come on. That takes skill. And of course, the dubbed over voice, but he's like mouthing in the movie. He's mouthing along to (laughs) James Brolin. You know, Pee-wee can be selfish, but look how thoughtful he is with Mm -hmm. all the personalized movie snacks he's giving out to everyone he's met in the course of the adventure. (laughs) He can't stop looking at the camera. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) This is a movie you have to just fully commit to. You just have to say like, all right, it. Like, we're just gonna 
enjoy. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it makes it easy to do that. Uh-huh. But in order to enjoy it, you really have to do that. You That's I mean? why, when I said at the beginning, you got to get past the bathroom scene. It's like the perfect test of whether you're going to like the movie or not. You know exactly what you're getting, which is unlike anything you've ever seen. It's so stupid, but so lovingly crafted. I got chills. Yeah, right over there? <laughs> oh, you actually do have I'm goosebumps just, on your arm. It's Ugh. a little cold in here. You missed one last look at the camera there. Oh, there nope, it goes there again. again. <laughs> look how cute Dottie is on her date. Are you crying a little bit? No, but I'm very happy. I don't have to see it, Dottie. I lived it. All right, we did it. Soul's my horn ready yet? Yeah, it's ready. Should be loud enough for you now. Well, where is it? Let's hear it. Wait, I want to talk to you first. You are talking to me. No, I want your undivided attention. Look, PB, this is important. There's someone I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. I... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know if you'll do something. What? I want to know if you'll go someplace with me. Like where? The drive-in. Look, Daddy, I like you. Like? I like you! Yeah, that's the thing. I like you, too. Daddy! There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. I don't understand. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, daddy. A rebel. So sometimes we watch a movie and I'm like secretly looking at my watch being like, Secretly, huh? When will this be over? Maybe it's a secret to the listeners. I did not feel that way for this movie. I hate to admit it, but I had a great time? My work here is done. I need to go lay down. This should have been the first, instead of Rugrats, this should have been our first episode. There you go. We will be doing a Rugrats revisit, though. Yeah, that's coming up. Especially now that we've seen E.G. Daly in real life. She's so cute. <laughs> All of her outfits why are great. She, why does she play such an ugly baby? Oh, so? It's actually a good movie, It was movie, so right? much fun. Isn't it, it was, actually a it fun was movie? It actually so fun. It's a shame Paul Rubens got himself in the trouble that he did. I know. Because this movie has always been a harder sell for people who haven't seen <sighs> yeah. it. Yeah. And look, I'm not always like this, and I hate that I'm about to say what I'm about to say, because I think people should be able to have different tastes in movies, but if this movie is not your taste and you genuinely are like, oh, this movie's dumb, I don't like it... We can't be friends. Write in and tell us why. I want to understand. It's Help me even, understand. I am just, taking the restorative approach. It's not that I want to be, I'm going to be like, we can't be friends. It's that like, I don't think we would have enough in common yeah. to be friends. Like you might be a joyless person. <laughs> Maybe. It's just, the, the, it, I, yes. Because <laughs> this movie is so joyful. You might Pee-wee be like so full of joy. gene-edited bowls. <laughs> incapable of okay, feeling okay. attached. Would you like to explain the CRISPR no. bowls that you told CRISPR me about bowls. this morning? No, we don't have enough. This is not a science podcast, but I really should host a science this podcast. This is just like our UHF intro now that went overboard. So could you just No, briefly, I'm not explaining the science you just, it was. I'll explain it then, because someone's going to listen and be like, what? I don't it? It even just have a, to include this part, the part about the voles. It was just that they've done um, gene editing on voles to remove their serotonin receptors to oxytocin. see... Oxytocin. Oh, I'm sorry, their oxytocin receptors oh to see if they wouldn't pair bond in the absence of oxytocin, but they still pair bonded. And now the scientists are like, well, I don't know why they pair bond. They're shocked. Was that a correct... Um, that was actually summary? pretty good. I like the part where you go, well, I don't know why they did. It's because I listened to you. That was good. Um, I had a big adventure. Had a fun time. Joyful. I had, I had a great time. My oxytocin. No, this would be my serotonin. Yes. Our, I'm having oxytocin because we're pair bonding while watching this. Let's hold hands. Oh. Nice. And I'm having serotonin because this movie just lit up all the pleasure centers of my brain. Yeah. Pee-wee's funny. I'll Pee-wee's say it. Pee-wee's funny. Pee-wee is hilarious. 
His behavior in real life should not impact your ability to watch this movie. And I'll say it, he's never made anything as good as this movie ever again. Dang. Pee Wee's Playhouse is great. It's not as good as this movie. It's just so good. I'm, I'm sorry that we're going to, the next thing we do with Pee Wee will have to be Big Top Pee Wee. I'm so sorry because it's funny in its way. But you just never get it's these same these the highs. Same. Yeah. Because they did they did something totally different, which I respect. Just like Pee Wee's Playhouse is totally different than this. But then when they finally bring him back for Pee Wee's Big Holiday, they really try to hit the beats of this and make it a road movie, and it's fun. But they, you can't you cannot catch this lightning in a bottle twice. Anyway. All right. Thank you so much for watching, Kate. I'm also sorry that the the final thing on your choice board, which really isn't a choice board, if you have to end up watching all three of them, because yeah, you didn't actually see illusion it's a of choice, choice board, board. Uh, is going to be Dumb and Dumber, which when I was younger, haven't seen it lately, made me feel pretty much, maybe not as much, but almost as good as I feel watching this. I'm hoping it still does. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, but that'll be for another episode. Not next episode. We'll take a break. Another time, we'll see Big Top Pee Wee. We'll revisit Rugrats. We will see Dumb and Dumber. Thank you all for listening. Sophie's Choice Board. Tune in next time. Who knows? <laughs> Tell us if you don't like Pee Wee and why. But before you do, you have to, your homework is, everyone, if you think you don't like Pee Wee, you have to give Pee Wee's Big Adventure a chance. You have to. And I guess go in with an open mind. Yes. Because I went in with a closed mind and I still had fun. Yeah. It will surprise you if, you, if you're not a Pee Wee person. If you're not a Pee Wee person, I doubt you made it to the end of this episode. Yeah. But if you're not a Pee Wee fan already, give it a shot. I, I'm serious. Pee-wee. I'm going to say it. It's my favorite movie. It's not one of my favorite. It's my favorite. I tell people it's Back to the Future, just so. Although that, that movie's got its problems. Back to the Future is much more toxic than this. <laughs> it's a lot weirder, yeah. He's out here trying to f*** his mom. This is going to be your favorite one to edit of all time. Warner Brothers is proud to present the story of a guy Morning. I'm here. And his bike. James Bond kind of stuff. Together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. I say we kill him. Yeah! I say we Adventure. Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent ya. <laughs> what?